I'm Amanda Kestner, and you're listening to The Bellycast. Today, I'm speaking with Mani Reba Efris. Mani was a labor and delivery nurse at San Francisco General Hospital for 34 years, and for eight years, she ran the very famous Volunteer Doula Program. Hi. Hi, Mani. Thanks for joining us. Hello. I worked at the Berkeley Women's Health Collective in the mid-1970s, which is a very feminist-oriented clinic collective. In those days, we did... It was it was an offshoot of the Berkeley Free Clinic. I was hugely a feminist in the 70s and very much interested in reproductive health, not at all interested in babies or anything like that because the feminists in those days weren't. And I a friend of mine had a home birth in 1977 and I went to that. That was the first birth I ever went to. And um it changed my whole life. <laughs> I I was mesmerized and it was and it was a great birth. Um she did really well. And I just was drawn in a way without you know not in a rational way but a feeling kind of spiritual way I guess. So I, I that's what I decided to focus on in nursing school and I ended up at the general just because everybody else wanted me to do medical surgical nursing first, and the general was the only place that would take me in maternity. <laughs> so it was no, you know, it was, again, it just happened. And and also that it was this amazing thing that unless you have a baby in our society, you mostly don't get to see a baby being born. But I just, I just was really drawn to this experience that people would enter into and they would not be in the same kind of reality in a sense that they were ordinarily in their lives. And and it, it felt to me like an, an initiation in some ways, a passage, and those were all things that interested me. Kind of what the transition was like for you from second wave feminists in the 70s, really pro- you know, reproductive justice was really focused around the the right to not have a baby and kind of what that transition to wanting to do birth work was like for you after being in this one (laughs) camp, you know, and then being like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this journey. To be quite honest, initially, I I didn't even tell some of the people I knew that I was going to be a nurse because, right, we, we were all about, well, we were all about choice we were all about things like abortion. We were all about women not being in the home, and you know, you know whether you were straight or lesbian, it was still kind of like maybe not getting married and untraditional relationships, and everything that was about women in that way was seen as kind of getting stuck in the old female paradigm. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it was kind of uncomfortable for me for a little while in the beginning. I I was totally drawn, and I was experiencing birth, and it wasn't what, I guess, my head thought it was. So what did you think it was? I, well, I maybe didn't think about it at all, in a way, but I, I thought, it's just, you have a baby, and then you're going to stay at home, and, and, but those things, they were full of what stuff looked like to me, also coming out of my parents' 
were from the 50s and, and life was very um, small, limited, I guess. It looked like so women had babies and you stayed home. And we didn't, I, th- I feel like as feminists, we didn't really look at what was going on. And, and also pretty quickly, I began to see that there wasn't much value placed on the actual birthing process. Do you know your birth story? Have you talked yes, to Yes, I do mom? know my birth story. Yeah. And it was, you know, sometimes, because I've, I've, I ask myself a lot of times, why did I enter into this work? Like, why this work? Because I never have had children. Um, but I, my birth was, it was a somewhat typical 1950s birth. My mother was drugged out on scopolamine and, scopolamine and morphine, what they call twilight sleep. Mm-hmm. I was also dragged out with forceps, and so of course I was under the influence of those drugs, mm-hmm. too. So sometimes I think, well, a piece of this may have just been a not fully conscious initial desire to help it be different, to help the birth experience be different for other women and children, you know, children. Mm-hmm. And I, since then, I've gone in depth. I believe that our our births are very powerful and that they actually affect our lives even though we often don't. People don't think about it much, but I have strong beliefs about that. I started doing what I would call labor sitting or labor coaching as a nurse, and I think the first thing that really got to me would be like, I'd be with somebody and be so absorbed and I would walk out of the room because I had to do something and maybe only five or ten minutes would go by. I'd walk back in that room and maybe that woman had just like totally fallen apart again. Mm-hmm. And I, so I was feeling how powerful what it was to be with somebody in that way and how necessary and what it was to break the connection. And so I started teaching, we called it labor coaching in those days. I started giving my friends four-hour labor coaching classes and they would come because they would say to me, oh, I want to see a baby being born. I'd say, great, I'll teach you how to sit with somebody and you can come to the general. So I just started doing that on my own. So what would you teach them in that four hours? (laughs) Oh God, that was so many years ago. I mean, I would do a little bit of, you know, what I knew about comfort measures. And I'm sure I would also talk about you know, you just for you to stay there, to hold somebody's hand, to be with them, that's a lot of it, which I still believe today. Right. But I would just give them this little this little pep talk mini thing. But I used to, I remember I used to say to them, if you can just be really be there with somebody, it doesn't matter if you know a whole lot. Yeah. And because I guess I felt like a lot of women knew what that meant in some way. So I did that for a while. Whatever label this thing was going to be that this needed to exist and that it just it felt right to me from all my observations I didn't I didn't like have to go learn how to be a doula so much it it, some of it fit with my the ways I was growing as a human being anyway so it I again I didn't but I didn't start initially I just got approached a midwife and a couple other people said we want to try to restart the doula program do you want to be a part of this and I just went oh yeah and then within six months, I was running the whole program and nobody, everybody else was gone. 
The San Francisco General Hospital Volunteer Doula Program was created to support the women giving birth there. San Francisco General is a public hospital, and it's serving a largely low-income patient population that wouldn't ordinarily have access to doula support. Some of the women giving birth there are undocumented, they're immigrants, they haven't received prenatal care, some of them have a history with drug use or addiction, some are HIV positive, some have HIV positive partners. This is a different patient population than the mothers giving birth at the other private hospitals in San Francisco. I just realized, but I didn't realize until I started doing it, how much that was the right thing for me to do, how important I felt it was, and in a sense that I knew how to do it even though I never ran a program in my whole life before that. So, You wrote or you were quoted as saying in some Mission District of San Francisco yes. publication as yes. saying that this work is revolutionary. Yeah, okay. All right, so other piece of all of this. <laughs> I My father was a communist. In any case, I grew up I grew up going to marches. I grew up, you know, having a different view of the country than a lot of people did. But I think somehow this combination of the communism, um, being Jewish, and I'm Jewish also, and that you know, giving back to the world kind of thing, and and then whoever I was, <laughs> you know, myself. So that because I didn't, yeah. I mean, by the time I came to California. I didn't identify as a communist, per se, but I do feel like a lot of my dad's values stayed with me and made sense to me and have continued. What do I, what can I do? Because I don't, I wasn't really drawn towards all of that. I thought, how can I change, how can I change things at San Francisco General? Well, if you have a doula program, it's not like I'm staying there waving pamphlets, but they will experience the doulas. And it, when I started the program in 2003, people were, I mean, they were willing, but doctors and nurses were kind of like, eh, you, you know, is it going to cause a lot of trouble? Or, um, you know, are they just going to be a pain in the butt like doulas can be? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and the nurse manager was a little unconvinced at why we needed this, but I was very passionate, and she said, okay, you know, keep going. But, um, well, now the nurses love the doulas. Well, see, I feel really yeah. well loved. What particularly do I have to give um, or to offer? And with doula trainings, I mean, one, the fact that I'm a nurse and I also have done doula work and... I, I bring all of that, and, and I felt like doulas really weren't getting prepared for the hospital that well. That's what it seemed like to me, too. And and then also, really what I would call that I bring a political social justice perspective into doula trainings. So, so when I, yeah, when I say birth matters, I feel like it's, that's, part of just what my belief is is that birth really matters and and that it impacts people's lives forever and I'm with the trainings I'm doing now because there's a bunch of trainers in the area and people I think there's a lot of good trainings but I, I feel like I've continued to keep that that other perspective so I'm not training people who are only going to work at the general and volunteer but still a number of, of folks who are doing that so I, I 
talk more about working with people who are not going to be paid cli clients, who have maybe used drugs, who are homeless, who whatever. What is the, if there's like one challenge in particular that you can think of that the hospital poses? Like, I'm wondering, or if there's like a particular intervention that's really hard for you um, to negotiate. Okay, well, I mean, I would say that probably one of the biggest things that sticks out to me is the whole thing of, of monitoring. Continuous fetal monitoring is a type of monitoring that a woman in labor can get, where she's wearing two belts that hold these two little devices, these hockey puck-shaped devices that measure her contractions, and they measure her baby's heart rate and her heart rate. And so, and even as a nurse, you know, I'm working with somebody and she wants to move around and we're actually working together and put her on the, either she becomes high risk for some reason or something happens to the baby and all of a sudden we're really bound by that machine. And the other thing I just want to say, if anybody out there in the world wants to invent a wireless Little, no straps, little dinghy, just paste it on. Why don't we have that already? Like, it's since 1980, those machines have not hardly changed. And what's that about? You know, that I, I think that that, in some sense, remained the hardest thing to watch. Or for me, be the person who was, in a sense, strapping somebody down and saying, no, you can't get up and move, or no, you can't move that way, or... And, and then watching what happens as a result of that. Kind of shifting gears, I'm wondering what it was like as a lesbian woman to identify or relate to so many straight women giving birth. <laughs> or, you know, being probably yeah. what I can assume a minority in, yeah. in the labor and delivery community. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although, yes, that, I mean, that was certainly true. Um, and again, even more, I mean, now I think, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think there's more, at least openly gay people. But it, I think that it's funny. The hard, the thing that was hard for me was um, women would ask me all the time if I was married and if I'd had kids. And I would say no. I wouldn't say that I was a lesbian. And it... There, it was always there was always this kind of an awkwardness in that moment. Um, I, I, I think. What do we think about that? <laughs> I mean, there was there was an awkwardness. There was sometimes, all, often for me, kind of a sadness of what I can't share because I didn't want to. Um, add something into a, a birthing environment that might make somebody uncomfortable. Mm. And yet my, you know, my beliefs and what I, I uh, my political beliefs are not that. But what was interesting for me, actually, was when, when I started the doula program and I started orienting doulas and I started training doulas and all these young feminists started coming into my life. And I saw that being a feminist at this point was no longer incompatible, that the new wave, I guess the next wave of feminists, had integrated um, birth and, and ch raising children and that into being a feminist, which I think is great, because I was doing that anyway, um, personally. Mm -hmm. 
my mother lived with me, um, you know, and died here in the house, I felt, there were times when I really felt like I was her doula. Her death doula. Yeah, her death doula. And and the other thing that really caught me by surprise, and it was, and I related this to stuff about birth, too, when in my mom's last week or so of her life, a couple people were saying to me, like, maybe you want to put her in the hospital because this is going to get really hard or, you know, put her in, in a place where you can just go visit or something. And, I, you know, I mean, my jaw was hanging open and I thought, it's like birth where they're saying, oh, you know, we don't want, this is going to get hard, so let's not be. And I thought it's the same thing. You know, our society has this thing about moving away from things that might have difficulty or pain or struggle or anything like that in it. Um, you know, that's part of my whole activism, in a sense, piece around this too. Like, just the way we, we hold um, life experiences that aren't just, I don't know, nice or something. <laughs> one kind of take-home message that you want to share about birth work I and mean, you've already given us some gems <laughs> but god um I think the thing well it's it's partly also what I talk about in my doula trainings but it to me Training to be a doula is training to be a human being. And birth work, to to be a birth worker is to be really present in the moment in a situation and kind of being with with the whole thing moment to moment and... um, um, Loving, really. Loving somebody. Really, fully lovingly support. And that's, to me, that's life-changing to just have even one experience like that. Because I don't think it, again, I don't think it happens much. And and also that it's, the other piece to me, too, is that we're, we're living in a time where everything is getting faster and faster and faster. And birth is slow. Generally, sometimes really fast, but but that not being in control and and something there's always something kind of mysterious. Um, but it's just I don't know. It just feels very human, very basic, and it's precious to even you know people my friends who I would bring in just who got you know to be just at one birth they would just come away and say thank you you know thank you for letting me do this and it's just like we don't we hide birth and death away and um they're they're really special times thank you that was all great yeah all good that was all great well thank you so much for sharing all of your incredible wisdom with us and all of the knowledge that you gained working in labor and delivery. And I just think this work is so important. So thank you for inviting us into your home. You're very welcome. That was my conversation with Mani Reba Efres. 
Monty was a labor and delivery nurse for 34 years, and she ran the volunteer doula program at San Francisco General Hospital. For more information on workshops with Monty, you can visit the Facebook page, Birth Matters Doula Training, and you can find the link on our website, thebellycast.com. Thanks for listening.